Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. Now, Father, open our hearts. Speak to us. Lord God, remind us. We are not bodies with a spirit. We're spirits with bodies. We transcend this, this flesh. We came from your mind, and we return to your arms. And so, dear Lord, speak to us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the 121st Psalm is one of the Psalms of Ascent. It's a psalm about their journey to Jerusalem. So pilgrims would come from all over the place and they'd travel to Jerusalem. And there's something about traveling that is just different. We notice things. We, it's not the ordinary routine of life when we hit the road and go someplace. We, we notice things we hadn't noticed before. I still remember about five years old, six years old, something like that, Dad thought it would be a good idea that we go up to Lake Okanagan in Canada because they had a mythical monster named Ogopogo, and we were going to go see Ogopogo in Canada. And so we got in the car, which was Dad's 1955 Ford Blue station wagon, and he reminded me that Republicans drove Fords and Democrats drove Chevrolets, so he always had a Ford. And as we'd drive, Dad would smoke cigars. And we had no air conditioning. And I remember sitting in the back seat, and then my sister's leg would touch my leg, and say, oh, you know, I want fights to break out and that sort of thing. But I still remember so well watching the telephone poles, you know, the wire, and it would go up and down. And every now and then, a deer would come out on the road. Dad would make a point of showing us all. And so those, those times of travel are special. They somehow root themselves in our hearts and minds and memories. They're a break from the routine. And in no small manner, they are a metaphor for life. Because we are all on a journey. There's no point at which we simply stay still. We're always, we're always moving. And so this psalm comes to us as a psalm of those traveling. It's believed that they would sing this at different times on their journey. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. 
He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. So they're on their way to Jerusalem. They always talk about going up because Jerusalem was on a hill, and so there was always an ascent to Jerusalem. But on the way, there were hills and mountains. And so the psalmist says, the poet who wrote this, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? There are different ways of understanding what that means. The the notion of God as being a God of the mountain. God gave the law on Sinai. And to the best of my capabilities, I believe that that term El Shaddai means God of the mountain. It's ordinarily God Almighty. But I think it harkens back to God as the God of the mountain. As a kid growing up in Riverside, I remember looking out to Mount Baldy, 10,000 foot Mount Baldy from Riverside, and and just being captured by its beauty and somehow thinking about God when I saw that mountain. So maybe for some, speaking of God as the God of the hills and being reminded of the help of God. Or the, the mountains were also a place that contained the shrines to the pagan gods of Canaan. And there were over 50 gods of Canaan. The people lived in a foreign land. They lived in a pagan country. And so they would look at those hills and perhaps think that these were, these were the sources of evil. And yet the people were always tempted to worship those false gods. They're always tempted to think, well, you know, this God we're supposed to worship just doesn't seem to be around that much. But we can go up on that mountain and we can see a statue of Baal up there. That's somehow more realistic than this God that that we have. So maybe there's this, this temptation. Maybe there's this wondering. I lift up my eyes to the hills there are so many hills and there are so many divine, divine entities represented by those hills. And even in our own time, when we try to understand what's going on in, in our lives, we have all these hills that we look to. And we have those that are speaking from those hills They're going to tell us what to think about about COVID. They're going to tell us what to think about inflation. The experts from the hills are going to tell us what to think about climate. And we wonder, what voices do we listen to? We hear it all the time, all these voices from the hills, all these authorities. Where do we turn? Am I going to get my help from Washington? 
Am I going to get my help from a therapist? Am I going to get my help from a doctor? We wonder. Because whatever help we might receive, it, it doesn't actually have a, an ultimate value to it. It doesn't have that sense of closure about it. So we do the same. We lift up our eyes to the hills and we wonder where is our help coming from? And it's tough. It's tough. The Lord says, I will not let your foot be moved when you're traveling along the way and there were some arduous paths and and sharp escarpments. I will not let your foot stumble. The sun, which was blistering hot in the Mediterranean, would not smite you by day. And the moon at night, which was so scary, the source of all kinds of myths about about evil spirits, etc. will protect you from the sun, protect you from the moon, protect you from all of this stuff on your journey. But how is that not just God talk? How is that something that's, that's real to us? How does it break through? Again, I'm comforted by the words of Augustine who reminds us that we work as if it all depends on us. In other words, yes, go to your doctor. Yes, go to a therapist. Yes, get the help that you need. But in as much as we've all done that before, we know it's never the same. We may get some help, but we're not restored. As good as that help is, But we need to do that much. We need to do, as Augustine says, work as as if it all depends on us, but then pray as if it all depends on God. Because that's the ultimate reality in all all of our life's journey. And that is that that it is God who undergirds us. And that's not just church talk. That's that's the final reality of life. That's the ultimate reality of of where we live and how we live. And again, every single day, we we just live our lives. We have our daily routines, and it's all very comforting. I've shared with you before mine, orange juice and coffee. And then I do my finances every morning. I I don't do what Admiral McRaven said to do, is make your bed. My bed will go unmade for weeks. But I do do my finances every week, and then I typically get some kind of a workout in the morning, workout in the afternoon. It's all so very predictable, what we do. And then something interrupts. We're on that journey, and a rock underfoot slips, and we stumble, and we wonder. And you know what I'm talking about in as much as this applies to you personally. 
because in some way or another, it'll apply to all of us personally at some time in our lives. And the word of God to us is, I love you. I'm your father. I take care of you. I undergird you. You were not made for this life alone. But this is the only life we know. This is the only life we see. We have, nothing, we have no memory from before we were born. And we have visions of what it might be afterwards, but apart from Christ himself, we've had never anyone come to us and tell us what it's like on the far side. And so we live by that faith, and, and yet our faith falters when our foot slips. It's a time of faltering. Henry Nouwen was a professor at Yale Divinity. And he decided that he was going to go to a community of people that were having all kinds of mental issues, mentally retarded or severe mental issues that basically meant that they could not function on their own and they needed to live in a larger care community. So he decided to resign his position at Yale and, and go to this, this place where he would be living among the least of his brothers and sisters and ministering to them as best he could. And his spirit crashed. This man who had written so much in his life about how to trust God and how to make it through the difficult times. And, and he was such a, a, a good minister to people through the tough times in, the, in his life. And he himself experienced his, his own life crashing. And he writes, everything came crashing down. My self-esteem, my energy to live and work and my sense of being loved, my hope for healing, my trust in God, everything. Here I was, a writer about the spiritual life, known as someone who loves God and gives hope to people, flat on the ground and in total darkness. What happened? I'd come to face with, to face with my own nothingness. It was as if all that had given my life meaning was pulled away and I could see nothing in front of me but a bottomless abyss. It was as if the house I had finally found had no floors. I could not be reached by counseling or by consoling words or arguments. I no longer had any interest in other people's problems. I could not appreciate the beauty of music, art, or even nature. All had become darkness. All had become darkness. Maybe you've been there. I had a crazy experience just this morning waking up. Perhaps because of my preparation this week for this morning, but as I was waking up, all of a sudden, a litany of what I went through when I was dismissed over at First Presbyterian started running through my head. And I, I couldn't stop it. All these things that happened, 
to me. I was out of control. I, was, I felt like I was in a washing machine, being tossed around by those who wanted to see me out, not from the church, but from the presbytery, these the denominational authorities. And I was completely naive as I was carried into this experience. And I finally, I just decided this is not good for me. I'm just going to get up and get my orange juice and my coffee and get myself going. Sometimes these things just that beset us don't go away. They just don't go away. I was reminded as I was getting the coffee going of one evening in Santa Barbara after my sophomore year, I decided I was, pardon me, after my junior year, I decided I was going to resign my scholarship, my athletic scholarship. And in order to make that kind of decision, I had to kind of get away, so I went up the mountains over Santa Barbara. Just got up there and looked out, and I saw the lights of the city glowing through the fog. And the moon was low over the Santa Barbara Channel Islands, and full and beautiful. And some of this passage came to me. That phrase, I will not let your foot be moved. Somehow I knew that in that time of great disappointment, I thought the only reason people paid any attention to me or liked me because I was a basketball player. And I went through that transition. And we've all been there, we've all gone through it. But what also came to me is that which came similarly to Henry Nouwen. He had counselors that told him, you have to trust the place that is solid, a place where you can say yes to God's love even when you do not feel it. What came to me were the things that were the most solid in my life experience. As I was driving down from the mountains over Santa Barbara, I remember thinking of the three things three things that were so much a part of my life as a kid, even driving in dad's cigar smoke in that 55 Ford and sweaty and hot and everything else. Three things. Whenever we would travel, dad would lead us all in the Lord's Prayer, the 23rd Psalm. And then we'd sing the song that any of you who've grown up in Sunday school probably have no memory of learning. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Stand on something solid. Stand on the unmovable realities of life and faith. And the Lord's care will be known to be true. 
We may not feel it at the moment, but we will in time. How do I know this? I know because Jesus loves me. You join me in prayer. Lord, we don't know why you do. For we are so flaky. We do all kinds of dumb stuff. Yet you love us still. Sometimes our bad choices lead us into bad places, but you love us even there. Thank you, O Lord, that you are a God above all gods. We can look to the hills, we can get some help, but ultimately our help comes from the Lord who made the hills. We pray in your name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.